So I have coffee with Bessie this morning. And for our listeners who don't know, Bessie's another one of the designers in our studio. Things around here are starting to open back up, restaurants, cafes, these types of things. So we wanted to grab a coffee. So I go and have a coffee. I'm standing outside. The coffee shop's open. All the doors are open to the coffee shop. And I'm looking around for Bessie. And then I see inside, she's waving to me. So I start to walk inside. And then immediately she waves to me like, no, 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 no. And she's like, no, you need to go around. And so there's a giant table. So I walk around the table. But then on the floor, I see arrows pointing towards me. So I'm thinking, well, I'm going in the wrong way. So I look back at Bessie, at which point she's like, no, 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 you can't go this way. You have to go outside and around to a different door. So I go outside and I go around to the different door and there's red tape all over the ground. And apparently this red tape is in boxes on where I'm supposed to stand, right? But like, when was the last time you ever thought to yourself where bright red exclamation point tape is where I'm supposed to go to enter something. And so that's how we're starting this week's episode is as the world opens back up after COVID, like the absolute asinine things that we have to go with because nobody actually thought through how to make the design of experiences work when you're trying to do flow or when you're trying to do anything where you're keeping people apart in places where people are normally not supposed to be kept apart. So, Chus, good morning. That's a story. What do you say? Hey, uh, I, I absolutely love this. This is going to be fertile ground for designers to step in and show off how to make this situation better. I didn't even get to the fact that there's plexiglass hanging all over. So you're like put in this little tunnel of plexiglass and... Oh, it's just so confusing because you're trying to look at the baked goods before you get to the counter so you know what you want to order. Do they have pound cake? Do they have carrot cake? Do they have a blueberry muffin? You don't know because you can't see because you're not up there and you're not allowed to be there because you're blocked off. And then when you finally get up there, then you have to think about what you want to order and the whole thing's a goddamn mess. I've started saying these things to people in our studio and and friends as well. I, I, I basically asked them a question. What if this wasn't temporary? Well, if this wasn't temporary... I wouldn't be sitting in an uncleaned up room, half in pajamas, on an important call with people. No, I would literally do the same thing as I would do when going to the office. I would put on nice clothes, I would clean up my room, make sure that my sound is going to be okay, not be eating during meetings. Like, I think we all have to start taking this seriously, especially in the working from home part. But I think what you're showing is that all these shops that are opening back up, they had a long time to think. But they took that time to panic about their business remaining open and everything looks like a temporary solution. Well, oh God, not just that. I mean, so when I go to the grocery store, this is another thing that just pisses me off to no end because it doesn't actually solve the problem. When I go to my local grocery store, they force everybody to take a shopping cart. And these things, I know a lot of our listeners don't live in Netherlands, but if you live inside of Amsterdam... You, you usually shop maybe every day, maybe every other day, maybe multiple times a day, but you usually don't take a shopping cart most of the times. You have a basket, and you're trying to move pretty quickly through the aisle. So the shopping cart makes it extremely unwieldy to try to move through these aisles and move through people. And then the fact that you have a shopping cart usually means two things. One, you're blocking the aisle, half of the aisle, so you're actually getting closer to people trying to maneuver around them, number one. Or number two, you leave your shopping cart in some sort of inconvenient place while you run up and down the aisles taking what you need, at which point somebody else gets pissed off because your shopping cart is blocking them. They kick your shopping cart out of the way because they don't give a shit, right? And you're just like, oh God, this... 
these systems don't work. So Chus, as you said, this is like perfect for designers of for physical space, for designers of digital applications. We talked about that before, whether it's video games, whether it's delivery services, whether it's merging the physical and the digital. But good God, there is a great world for designers out there. It's just only if companies started to realize that things... A, need to change, whether that's short-term or long-term. This isn't going to be for the next month. It's going to be for the next six months, 12 months, but whatever that is. But put some damn thought into what you're doing and at least have somebody walk through the customer or user experience before you just roll this shit out thinking, well, this will work, I guess. So let me let me first quote uh, Matthias, one of our creative directors. He uh, he has this saying. Uh, it's It's a German saying originally, and I don't know how it goes but we made it sound pretty in English. It's nothing is as permanent as a temporary solution. Everybody knows this stuff that came into their house as a temporary solution that five years after is still there in that same spot. That's everything in my house. (laughs) Exactly. So that's, that's a worry of mine that all of these temporary solutions that companies are coming up with now are going to take really, really long to get rid of because all these temporary solutions, like the reason they're giving us shopping carts is to count the amount of people in a shop and to oh, really is that what easily, it is? Yeah, and to really oh. easily tell people, hey, you can't come in. But there are many other ways than a shopping cart. You could also hand out people little tags, little labels, whatever, even a sheet of paper. I don't know. I had there, no there idea. There are a hundred ways. I thought, that, exactly. I thought that was to keep people apart because you had this big object with you. Oh, no, okay. No, it's okay. just the, that, the easiest way for worse. them to count. Oh, God. It is worse because it's getting you closer to each other while we are trying to enforce uh, uh, social distancing physically. One and a half meters apart is the government kind of uh, rule that we need to follow, but it's becoming impossible in these small Amsterdam shops. I think if you look at this design problem of we want to limit the amount of people in a shop, there are ways to design around this. We, We even know that Amazon has their small shops where you enter, you're on camera, you grab whatever you want, and then at the cash register, you pay automatically. That's a designed solution to a problem where you don't need cash registers anymore. You don't need to count everything that you've bought to be able to uh, to pay for them. There are solutions out there that could work. And I definitely think interior designers could also take a little bit of a pass at this and help shops out in making a, a shop that has an actual path. Think of Ikea. I'm not saying Ikea is the best. That was what I was thinking how, of. Yeah. yeah. They know how to uh, lead lots and lots of people through a shop without it becoming too busy at, uh, uh, let's say, intersections. There are no intersections. Of course, it's a little bit more difficult shopping because you don't order your shopping list by the order that it appears in the store. You're not just browsing. But there are ways. We have actually a shopping app from Albert Hein that can order the stuff in your shopping list in the uh, physical or to the physical layout space of your shop. So you can literally grab them in order from the shelves. What I think is important here is that all of these shops are now messing up user experiences and agencies that help companies with marketing, with branding, with interior design, they are all about how people feel in your shop. And right now, every shop, like another colleague said, shopping feels like you're in a Blade Runner movie. It's post-apocalyptic. It's not nice. You're afraid of people. How can we solve this? I find that people are getting less afraid of each other now. I feel like people are just getting more inconvenienced. But to your point of everything being temporary, 
Yes, that's exactly what it feels like. Like nobody's going out and saying we need, and I don't care if you hire somebody with the title designer, but somebody to think about how layouts or situations need to work. What's funny to me is you see a lot of digital products going out and hiring designers. Digital products are like, oh man, things are changing here. We need to go out and get a designer. But all of a sudden in store is like, ah, oh, no, we don't, we don't need that. We'll just hang up some crappy plexiglass and put red and yellow tape all over the ground. Screw you coffee company. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, I guess it's just too fast for people to rethink how they staff an organization or how they think about a problem. They're going to think about it in the way they always have instead of change. I mean, we talked about this since we revamped the podcast. We talked about this, how as things change, you need to change your approach. As needs change, you need to change what you deliver. But I guess for some reason, everybody thinks, well, since this will only be here for a month, cough, cough, it probably will be here a little bit longer than that. Well, then I'll just keep it up temporary. And there we go. We're back to you, Chris. Yeah, I... I want to stress this point. Uh, we we make everything the problem of designers on this podcast, and we have a little bit of a. If if you listen to us often, it sounds like we have a little bit of a god complex, like we can solve anything. But I think it's the mindset that we're talking about. I said I don't care if you hire somebody with a title designer. There, I'm I'm fired yeah, exactly. up today. I'm exactly. angry. <laughs> no, but what we mean is. You need to take care not only of the mechanical parts of your solution, counting people with shopping carts that you happen to have lying around, but you need to take care of how people feel in your shop. Because right now, if there's one shop where you feel great going because everybody can easily keep their distance and it feels calm, whereas the other one feels like being uh, on the front lines, uh, uh, going through the trenches, trying not to touch people, I know which shop I'm going to. So experience design, as we call that, it is gonna is gonna really help uh, shops become better than others right now. And second point I wanted to make is, as designers, you never want to say it out loud, but sometimes accessibility of your design, meaning color contrast, font sizes, uh, basically, if you're in a physical space, wheelchairs or other things, exactly, can very often be an afterthought. But in the past few years, we've seen an uprising of accessibility-first designing, where they're saying, if you design something to be accessible, it will also be easier to use for everybody, not even people that have a special need or a, um, a different way of interacting with your product. So I see the same approach for this, uh, for this problem uh, uh, be the way forward. You don't have to make your shop shittier to work by the rules. You can redesign your shop in such a way that it's a solution for now and it's something that could stick around later. Even if everything passes, your shop could still be sort of applying to the situation of now and the situation where there's nothing wrong. Well, I think that's where we'll leave it this week. I really wanted to talk about HBO Max because I don't like it at all, but we can save that till another time and we'll come back to Quibi too because I still want to talk about that. Soon, Chus, soon. How many HBOs are there? Now? That that's my problem, right? There's HBO Go, there's HBO Now, there's HBO Max. I think there's even they're coming out with like a a, a different version of HBO Max, like an ad and non-ad. I don't know what's going on. But when you talk about crappy customer experiences, and since we we're talking about crappy crappy customer experiences, right there is a crappy customer experience on the digital side that didn't need to be there. Like, dear HBO, you are the digital version of what I see everywhere at in-store versions right now. We're out. <laughs> I will talk to you again next week. <laughs> Bye, man. Later, man. Later, man.